learn life's winning recipes and start thriving. Join me, Amy Robison, on Thrive Life Radio as we guide you in taking charge of your health. You were born to win. You were born to succeed. You were born to thrive. Good morning, Thrive Life community. Thank you so much for joining me this Friday morning live from the ACU of Texas studios here at Vinyl Draft Radio. You can listen in every week at 10 a.m. Central on Fridays on VinylDraftRadio.com, Facebook Live, tune in app, or just ask Alexa or Google to play Vinyl Draft Radio, and it will pull it up for you to take a listen. Good morning to all of you listening on I-45 now. We're so glad that you are joining us this morning. So we are almost to the end of February, which is a great time to reevaluate the goals that you set for yourself at the beginning of the year. So where are you? (laughs) Take a minute and just check in with yourself and figure out where are you in this whole process of goal setting, resolutions, whatever you want to call them. So are you rolling along and getting things done? Or did you completely stop or give up? Do you maybe need to set a completely different goal because the one you set was just not really a good fit for you? I can tell you that there are some goals that I set for the beginning of the year that I've already chunked and other ones that I am still working on. So reevaluating is always a good idea, especially if you've kind of fallen off the wagon because maybe that wasn't a wagon you should have been on in the first place. <laughs> As always, this is a judgment-free zone. So I'm not telling you to do this and start shaming yourself for not doing what you said you were at the beginning of the year because maybe you just shouldn't have been doing that in the first place and there's something much better for you to be focusing on. So take some time at the end of the month here and just reevaluate what you're doing. I can tell you one of the goals I had set for myself was to start a yoga practice back up. I had a very strong practice for many years and had to stop for some health reasons. So I am attempting to start this again. So Erica and I, who is joining me today, we had a little back and forth on Facebook the other day as I posted some pictures of attempting to do yoga at home (laughs) because I have this little being named Shelby um, and she has a pit bull. And pit bulls are extremely loving and snuggly, and we call her the mama dog because Mm -hmm. she literally just does not leave my side, like, ever. So I'm trying to do yoga, and I'm going into, like, down dog, and she'll lay right underneath me so I can't go back down to the floor. Or I was in tabletop, so... It's like being on your hands and knees. And she thought I was making a tunnel for her. So she was going in and out of my arms and underneath me. And (laughs) it's like, this. how is this supposed to work? I have the same problem at my house. (laughs) I have two pit bulls and an English bull terrier. And my English bull terrier is elderly, so he doesn't make it up the stairs while I'm doing yoga anymore. But the, the girls do. And so any pose that I'm in, they're right up on me, licking my face. Yes. And, you know, Shavasana, I'm like laying there trying to relax and like end my, you know, my session. And they're like licking my face and sniffing me. Yeah. So I understand completely. Yeah. I couldn't even get to Shavasana. So Shavasana, for those of you who are new to yoga or not have, have not done yoga before, that's basically at the end, you get to lay down and rest, which is like one of the greatest parts of doing yoga class. You get to just like totally lay out and like close your eyes and chill out for whatever five mm-hmm. ten minutes I didn't even get to do that last week because I sat down for the like final stretches before going into that and she literally laid down <laughs> behind me so close that I actually had to scoot forward to finish stretching so I didn't even get to do it yeah, yeah. I know it, but you know it they're 
they're loving and they I just are. try to roll with it and yep <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to figure out my workaround. So I may just have to do a little bit more down dog and stay there instead of coming down to the floor. <laughs> and even like doing like a warrior position. So you're kind of like in a lunge when you do a warrior position. She would lay between like underneath me, right between my legs mm-hmm. and would not, would not move. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. understand. Uh, so somebody else can totally feel my pain here. <laughs> if you have yoga dogs at home, you also feel our pain of not being able to really accomplish the goal that we set at the beginning of the year to do some more yoga in the house because the dogs are joining us. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it, but I think I heard at one point in time there was a place in League City where they have yoga with goats. Yes, so they I, do. So I picture that being a similar experience, except that my experience with goats, because my mom used to have goats, was that baby goats specifically they'll mm-hmm. get up on you so if you were like in a pose they would probably be you know on yes on you during that yes during that process so, so i imagine that yoga with goats would be the same it's absolutely kind of the experience. same yeah. it's the same i have seen pictures of this started like in the east coast or maybe it was the west coast up in seattle or something like that this goat <laughs> yoga and it's literally like spread across the country so i've seen pictures of people mm-hmm. doing this and that's exactly what they do so if you're in down dog they're gonna jump right up onto your back and just yeah. like hang out <laughs> they will but who doesn't yeah. love a baby goat i, I mean how so is that cute. not and people like stop and just sit there and hold them and cuddle them because they're so adorable yeah. yeah i feel like there's probably not much yoga getting done i, but I, I don't haven't think i would do it, a whole so. lot of yoga if i was in doing yoga with goats but i would go do it to hang out with the goats though i know it's very cool yeah yeah it's very cool i don't know exactly <laughs> where it is in league city but it, it is somewhere in league Ooh. city <laughs> and burn going (laughs) we need some more yoga yeah definitely (laughs) all right so we're gonna move off of the yoga conversation and back to some of those goals that you set at the beginning of the year so if one of the things that you were looking to make some changes to or make some adjustments in is your finances i have the person for you today yay Yay! so welcome back erica jensen of respire wealth management i am so glad to have you back i can't believe it's been a month thank you thank you i it's fun when i'm here and it just goes by too fast i know it does and it's so funny whenever we why we i start talking to people about being on the show and that it's an hour long it's always like Oh my gosh! What do I? How, do we have enough stuff to talk about for an hour? Oh yes, we definitely do. <laughs> we always run out of time because we have so many things that come up, great questions that come in, and we never end up actually getting to everything we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we just have a lot of fun anyway, so we, do. we laugh a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. For those of you new to the show, I have Erica with me because finances can be a major stressor for a lot of people. And if you've been following me for a while or are checking into the shows, you know I talk about stress literally every single week because in my practice, I see this as an underlying factor for so many health conditions. And part of the process of starting to work through that and getting the body to calm down is identifying where those stressors are coming Mm -hmm. from. And I can tell you like 80% of the people, there's some kind of financial mix going on that they they're struggling with or confused about or trying to make changes but not really knowing where to start. So having a financial expert on here I think is fantastic because it helps us deal with one of those common triggers for stress. Mm-hmm. Well, it, so let me start because, you know, I've got to give my legal disclosures. Yes, please disclosures, give your disclosures. My disclosures. So I'm a, I have Respire Wealth Management, with this, which is a, I'm tongue-tied this morning. I'm over-caffeinated, so I've also <laughs> got too. this coffee So we might both be struggling this morning, so just really bear with us. Um, but I, I own Respire Wealth Management. It's a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. And so if we talk about um, different different ideas or different themes, maybe around different 
uh, things that people can do for to help their financial situation. It's not necessarily a blanket statement, so it might not apply to you. It's a good idea just to consult with somebody. So if you've got a question, you can call me. Um, if you want to know if it applies to your specific situation, if I mention companies or investments in passing, I'm not making recommendations to buy or sell. And um, the other one is thank you for calling me an expert, but I can't um, legally, like none of us are supposed to hold ourselves out as experts because from a regulatory perspective, the fact that we're registered doesn't mean that we're experts. Interesting. But Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. we're not really supposed to use that word. So although there are people out there that like in our industry, we refer to as gurus or, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we can't present ourselves that way. So it's kind of a weird, we're heavily, heavily regulated. And that's yes. a big one. Yeah, wow. So, down to a yeah. little, down to a word. I mean, down I, I definitely yeah. see that in the in the medical and things like that. Like as a nutritionist, I cannot say that I'm diagnosing, curing, treating, yep. anything like that. Yep. Yeah. So it's a similar thing. So although mm, okay. I have tons of training and I have a lot of years of experience, with these are weird words that we're not allowed to use. <laughs> so interesting. I'm glad you told me that. I yeah. will I will remove that from so can we just like go back and edit that? Is that a possibility? <laughs> no, but it's that's okay. a really good distinction okay, yeah. to make because I think a lot of people don't understand that. That's certainly something I never would have thought about. Yeah. yeah. It is weird. If you go to any advisor's website, you're gonna see all these legal disclosures. Mm-hmm. You know, like the one about past performance doesn't indicate future performance and the right. ones about, you know, we can't promise returns and yeah. Right. So they're all these different things that we're not allowed to say. Um, so I think the best way to to word what we what a good advisor does is we educate our clients on what's appropriate for them to own mm-hmm. and um, what's appropriate for them to do with their finances. Yeah. And um, so really, we're we're in the business of educating and providing. Which I yep. absolutely love, of course. Yep, I know. Because <laughs> I feel do, like yep. that's the basically the business I'm in as well. Is it's it's all about education and. Again, the more that you can be educated about something like your finances, the less stress you will be under with dealing with them because you're going to have the tools and the resources and, you know, the tips and the kind of like the little training on mm-hmm. how to deal with things as they come up. Because I know a lot a lot of times part of the stress comes with just not understanding. Yeah, it comes with not understanding. It's the world that I live in professionally has so many twists and turns and it's very complicated for anyone to have to deal with in the same way that I wouldn't try to wire a house with electricity <laughs> right? or, or do plumbing, I you know, wouldn't expect someone to know the full ins and outs of what I do. Yeah. And so that's just, a, I think, a better way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the perfect way of looking at it. So I guess that maybe could be kind of like a red flag if someone's going to someone's site or, you know, has a discussion with a financial advisor if they're calling themselves an expert. Yeah. Maybe you want to kind of turn and walk the other direction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There there are red flags. And I think mm-hmm. that someone holding themselves out as an expert or like the leader in providing that advice or that formula that the person, you know, does or doesn't need, mm-hmm. that's a major red flag. But so is like over promising returns and yeah. some of those other things. Yeah, and we're definitely going to get into that kind mm-hmm. of stuff a lot more today. So kind of the topic that we have today is essentially what is a financial advisor? We had some really good questions. I don't know if you saw the questions come in this morning. There's some really good questions that came in okay. on Facebook awesome. for us to kind of get like dig down into that very topic. So I was really excited. So also if you're listening to us on Facebook this morning and you have some questions as we go along, we love hearing from you while we're talking. And as you pop those questions in, we will get to as much as we 
can, because again, you know, part of the purpose here is getting you as much information as possible that is instructional and informative and things that you can use right now. So yep. we are in the business on the show of educating you. So we are going to take a quick break and come right back and we are going to dive into this amazing topic. So we will see you in just a few seconds. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. We are having way too much fun in here today. So you'll have to forgive us. We're going to be doing a lot of laughing, but hopefully in between that, we are giving you some excellent information. So if you're just joining in with us, I have Erica Jensen of Respire Wealth Management back on the show this month. Good morning, Erica. Good morning. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about what is a financial advisor. So we kind of touched just briefly on it before we went to the break, but we're going to dig down into that. We had some really great questions come in um, on Facebook overnight. So we have some good things to talk about. And again, if you're watching on Facebook now and you have some questions about you know, you're looking to hire a financial advisor. That's something that you want to be working on this year. We're going to kind of give you some education on how to do that. So let's kind of go back to that initial question and what is a financial advisor? Okay. So a financial advisor comes in many shapes and forms. So, <laughs> um, so lots of people can put financial advisor on their business card or on their website, wherever it may be. That is not a regulated term. Mm. And so a financial advisor could be someone who provides services for a fee. So maybe they're just helping you get your personal finances in order. They could be someone who only helps with your investments. But even when they're helping you select investments, they have to help you choose those within the scope of um, suitability, which mm-hmm. I'll go to okay. go into later when we get to the next question. Perfect. Um, and then they could be someone who you know helps with debt, or they could be someone who sells insurance only. And so there are lots of people that can hold themselves out as financial advisors because that's not really a regulated term. Got it. And so if you're talking to someone or you're looking for a financial advisor, then it's really, really important to know what you're seeking because mm-hmm. they're not all going to do the same thing. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So that actually does kind of take us into the next question. So I think we're going to be answering a lot of questions within this next question. So um, the question that came in from Jen, thank you so much, Jen. Um, what aspects of finance should they be helping you with? And is it only retirement? And then also, what kind of questions do you ask when you kind of interview them? Because mm-hmm. you do need to, if you're going to work with someone who's going to be handling your finances, you want to go in and interview them because you want to make sure it is what you're looking for. So what yep. kind of questions should should people be asking? So the first thing that I want to talk about is the way that people connect with their advisor. So obviously when you are seeking out a financial advisor, you need to determine why you're seeking out a financial advisor. And then you need to maybe visit their website and figure out if they offer the service that you're requesting. Mm -hmm. If they offer the service you're requesting, it'll say it very plainly on their website. So if you're looking for, you know, fee-based personal financial planning, Mm -hmm. where they charge you like an hourly rate to build a plan, then that will show up on their website. If they don't do it, it won't be there. And maybe they just do investments. So there, that information will be on their website. And so really, do your you know do your research before you go in because if you go in to see someone who doesn't offer planning, then you're kind of wasting your time. The other thing is, there's no free lunch. We all know this, right? Yeah. So um, when you're looking at 
working with a financial advisor, there are lots of financial advisors that will offer, quote, free planning. But the purpose of them offering free planning is because they use it as a marketing tool so that they can um, uncover opportunities, Mm -hmm. meaning they Mm -hmm. can uncover the money that you have available for them to invest, which is probably where they really make their money. Got it. If they're offering free plans. Okay. So what what does it mean when you say planning? What does that mean? So planning would mean that uh, what an advisor does is they generally uncover how much you have sitting in the bank, where your investments are, maybe it's in your retirement account, maybe it's um, in a brokerage account like a a discount broker, or maybe you have an advisor and they ask questions about how much debt you have, they'll ask questions about the way that you're spending. And those questions really are, are questions that any advisor should ask, whether they're talking to you about investments or about your personal financial planning. Okay. And the reason that they'll talk about it in terms of both um, is because when they're investing, they need to know all those things in order to uncover suitability. So sometimes people will be like, well, that's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> but actually it is because it affects the investment selection, the, the type of investment model that's uh, appropriate for you. But what planner asks those questions because they want to uncover where you're having trouble. Mm-hmm. And then they'll work with you. Um, they'll set out a, like, a plan to meet with you on a a regular interval and they'll have goals assigned in between those sessions and then they'll um, they'll talk you through your progress okay at each meeting Mm -hmm. and so that's generally what a planner will do and they don't just help with retirement they also assist with um with you know if you're if you've got maybe personal credit card debt you Mm -hmm. can work with them on that if you have, if you're looking to save up to buy a home, they'll work with you on that. Some of them can answer basic questions. So if you're just analyzing, you know, how much money you should put down on a new home purchase, then they, you know, they can quickly go through that and just charge you, you know, for whatever hours right, they spend right. analyzing those things. And so a, a planner can talk to you about a lot more than retirement. But generally, when you reach out to them or you look at their website, their website should give you details of the, the scope of their planning mm-hmm. work because some of them do full you know, full estate planning, which is everything, including like the transfer of assets to heirs. Um, But some of them do more limited planning. And so all of that should be out there and available for you to see. So when you're finding a planner, you want to visit their website and see if they're offering fee-based planning. um, Or if you're looking just for an advisor, you know, that you want to find out if they're if they're going to be just an investment only advisor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that it, as you were talking, I was thinking in answering this question, you know, what kind of questions should you ask and, you know, finding an advisor. I think maybe a good question would be, what do you, in order to look, reach out to a financial advisor, what would you tell people they need to assess for themselves, like what they need? You know, instead of like, you may think you feel like you need a financial advisor, but maybe don't really know why. Mm-hmm. So what kind of questions should a person ask themselves um, before they reach out <laughs> to somebody? So so it was funny, the thing that prompted us having this discussion, I, I was on Twitter um, and I was just searching terms that I think people use every day when they think they need an advisor yes. just to uncover what people you know, because twitter is a um stream of consciousness right it's where right. you can get on there and just say whatever's on your mind and so i came up with this you know list of people that had tweeted the question um where do i find a financial advisor but it always was 
you know, prefaced with like, I spend too much money. (laughs) (laughs) I maxed out another credit card. I need a financial advisor. I'm about to buy another expensive purse. I need a financial advisor. I thought the funny one was, it was something like I got drunk and bought an iPhone. I need a financial advisor. (laughs) That was great. It's like, oh my gosh, someone really had to have said that on Twitter for you. Yeah, they did. They did. That was pretty great. They did. So these were actual (laughs) tweets that I was finding. And so the the key for these people to remember is that no one's going to offer that service for free. (laughs) Right. 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 So if you're spent, if you've spent all your money on all all these things, then how are you going to pay someone for the service of helping you get that, get that in order? And I don't think anybody can stop you from getting drunk and buying an iPhone. I I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, that's, that's kind of on you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Put the phone away. Uh No drunk purchasing. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Um, And it reminds me of that episode. There was a, there was a TV show that had um, Christina Applegate and um, Will Arnett in it, and I can't remember the name of it, but they were like new parents. Yes, and it didn't last kind of, very long. I don't think I know what you're long. talking about. And I was so yeah. disappointed because I watched the first season and I loved it. And there's one night where she's up late and she's on the computer and she's got a coffee mug and it, she's pouring red wine into the coffee mug and drinking <laughs> it while she works on the computer. And she and her husband start cruising around eBay and they they get wine drunk and they order like a hippie van. <laughs> And it gets delivered the next morning. Oh I don't know. Anyway, so that's kind of what that reminds me of. Is uh, the that's hysterical? Yeah, of all things, a hippie van. Yeah, this is a really awesome hippie van. So I there there's if you have a problem with spending then you have to solve that problem, right, right? right? But if you're willing to spend a little with an hourly planner, then they would look at the way that you're spending and they would re- make recommendations on ways that you can, you know, spend less. Yeah. So yeah. I've I've had people that have paid me to walk them through that process and I'll sit and analyze their statements and I'll look at the way that they're spending mm-hmm. and I'll look at the way that they're using debt and then I'll work with them for, you know, six months or however long it takes for them to get that under control. Yeah. And it's hilarious to me because, um, that people are out there and they're like, I need a financial (laughs) a financial advisor for these things. Um, because it's sometimes it's really simple and, and Mm -hmm. that's there, there's never a bad question, right? So let me go back and say, when I say it's hilarious, I'm not laughing at you. Um, (laughs) This is the no judgment zone. This is a no judgment zone. Um, but the, the fact that the problem is so simple, right? Because it's kind of the same, across the board. So one of the most common threads that I find when I'm talking to people is that their spending is small purchases that where their spending's out of control. It's not the iPhone right. X that they got yeah. drunk and bought. It's the little, it's the coffees every day. It's and, coffees every yeah. day. And a big culprit is um, spending in gas stations. Oh, really? Yeah. Big culprit is spending in gas stations. It's, it's stuff under $10. It's mm-hmm. where they go in and they get a 20 ounce soda and a bag of chips. Wow. While they're pumping gas. And so that's a huge one for people. And they don't realize how much they've spent. And the, mm-hmm. the other one is subscriptions. So like, um, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and um, uh, what are the ones for like dog treats? Bark oh, Box yeah. The and Chew or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. And then there's like now there's one like several for clothes. Right. And they've got. Right. So there are subscriptions you can there's, get for everything. Yes. Literally everything. And now. those yeah. get you hooked because yeah. you're auto paying every month. Yeah. And um, those are the other big culprits. So anyway, so when if a planner is working with you and they're a fee-based planner, they may mm-hmm. be willing to look into something as simple as that, or they may be willing to just assess whether or not you're on the right track for retirement. And so that's what a fee-based planner does. 
Wow. Yep. <laughs> and then they're investment planners, and investment planners usually charge like a fee on the assets under okay. management. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And so it's you know maybe one to one and a half percent of whatever you have under management that a that a um, an investment manager or investment advisor is is charging. That's you. how they're going to charge. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of really amazing information and a lot of fun. So <laughs> we're going to come back here in just a minute. We've got to go to a break. And so we're going to kind of get down into, you know, what's a 401k and an IRA and, and some things like that, mm-hmm. again, that you're going to be asking as you go and look for a financial advisor. So see you in a second. Good morning, Thrive Life community. Welcome back on this Friday morning. So glad to have you here. We are having quite a bit of fun today. We decided we should really term our show today Fun with Finances because we're doing a lot of laughing um, as well as giving you some excellent information. So if you're just joining us, I have Erica Jensen of Respire Wealth Management back with us this morning. Yay! Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And we are having a great time. I I know you may be listening like you're talking about finances. How can you be having such a great time? Just because that's how we roll. So we're talking about what is a financial advisor. So if you missed the first segment, definitely go back in and and listen in because we we gave you some really good information on what kind of questions to ask when you're looking for a financial advisor. What does a financial advisor do? What does that mean? Because it's a very broad term. Um, And also... What kind of questions should you ask yourself when you're going to be looking for a financial advisor? Why are you looking for one in the first place? Mm-hmm. And we had some really um, great uh, options that Erica found on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> so you can go back in and listen to those. And also one that Leon threw out to us, but we're going to just keep that on the down low because um, we don't want to call anybody out live on the air. <laughs> so the next thing we're going to kind of roll into that's a, that was a good choice of words to roll into because we're going to talk about 401k and IRA and well, what they are and what's the difference. I want to back us up. I'm, oh, okay. I'm hijacking your radio show. Do so, it. I wanna Let's go. go. I want to go backwards and I want to talk about connecting with an advisor real fast. Awesome. Thank you. So one of the things I want to say is that there are lots of advisors and some of them work for brokerages where you walk into an office, there's a whole bunch and mm-hmm. some of them work for brokerages where there's just one in an office and some of them are in, independent like me and you should work with someone you connect with and so it's it's a good idea to um, either meet someone you connect with or to um, meet with several advisors and make sure that you have a good connection with them before selecting um, because you want someone whose personality fits your own, who explains things in a way that you understand them. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important. And um, so I just wanted to to throw that out there. So when you're sitting down, that's, that's a big thing is sit down with someone who explains things the way that you want them to. And the other thing is don't be, I, I say that, but then it's also important not to be, uh, overly relationship oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and here's what I mean by that. So I met one time with a retired baseball player and, uh, he had an account. It was, it was like $4 million and he asked me to look over it. And I, I, I don't, I'm not sure why he sought me out in the first place to look over this account because he had an advisor that he had a really good relationship with with and it was a good friend of his but when I broke it down and I opened it up the guy had him invested in in a way where he was getting paid these large upfront fees Mm -hmm. um, every time he would uh, trade or exchange out the the man's um, investments and so I when I saw it I immediately knew what was going on and I asked him 
about it. And I said, so, you know, when are you going to see him next? He's like, well, we're going hunting this weekend. And I was like, all right, so maybe don't ask him about that this weekend while you have <laughs> yeah, your rifle yes, in your we, hand. We don't, we don't need any of that going on. <laughs> but, um, but I would address this with him because from what I'm seeing in this account, you know, you might be getting taken advantage of based yeah. on the size of the investments that he's buying. And then um, kind of keeping it over levels where you would be getting breaks and then yeah. and then charging you a lot. So so, yeah. we, so it's important to not be so attached that yeah. you've got this personal relationship and that would prevent you from having your investments in a better place. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Like I can tell you for me as in my practice as a nutritionist, I won't work with family members. Yeah. Like, no, we're not, we have too close of a relationship. There's too much, you know, there's, there's too much attachment there and that would not be a good situation. Right. So I can absolutely see where having a close relationship with someone like that, there's not any boundaries there. So it's tougher to ask the tough questions if there mm-hmm. aren't boundaries. Yep. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. And so now that I hijacked, and I took away your really good pun about rolling over I topics. I know, it was so good. And I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you, if you want to get back into that one, see okay. if you can. I'll get, I'll get back into that one. And also we had, thank you for giving my show back. It was so nice. But we also we also had a good question come in from Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. So, And I think this might kind of go along. You can maybe tell mm-hmm. me. So, um, hey, Amy and Erica, will a financial advisor be able to tell me if I'm not diversified enough in my investments? We aren't rich by any means, but I want to make sure my money's stretches as far as I can get it to go. Also, as a 30-something, I just want to make sure I am doing it properly now instead of when I am a 50-something. Yeah. That is a great question. So does that kind of roll into? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like it. it. Yeah. Like it? I'm just cracking myself <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. Sorry. <laughs> so does it roll into the question of, you know, 401k and IRA and what's the difference and kind of, you know, how to ask some questions about that? Yeah, it, okay. it, it does roll into that well. I think it's really important what uh, what Daniel said there about being diversified enough. So there's being diversified enough, which is really important, but then there's also being diversified in the right things. Yeah. So you yeah. can be diversified enough, but that will not serve you well if you're not invested appropriately for your age and your goals mm-hmm. uh, and your, you know, your the bigger financial picture. Right. So uh, for Daniel, he might need something, you know, um, maybe that's more aggressive because he has a longer term mm-hmm. uh, or a longer time horizon, which right. is something that we look at, but then he might have a risk tolerance profile, right? So he may not be able to tolerate a big risk reward trade-off right. and that could, you know, cause someone to make um, poor investment decisions if they get in a bind where they're they're watching a lot of market turmoil and they've got investments that are going up and down. They can feel the need to sell at the wrong time. And so, um, if, if you're in that situation, there's what's appropriate for the age and the goals. And then there's what's appropriate for the person's risk tolerance that would prevent them from making, you know, poor investment decisions. And there's a trade-off between those. So yes. So an advisor would be able to look at your investments. And that is if it's an advisor who deals with investments, um, if it's an advisor who deals with insurance, they may not be licensed to give that kind of advice. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a, you know, fee only planner, they may not be able to give that advice. Got it. But an advisor who handles investments specifically would be able to tell you if you're diversified enough and if you're diversified in the right place. Yeah. And again, going back to that, if you're going to hire a financial advisor, you know, interview a few people Mm -hmm. and make sure that they're the right fit for you so you feel comfortable, you know, 
first of all, providing that information to them, but also comfortable and trusting that they're giving you the proper information for what you you are asking. Because at the end of the day, these are your your goals, mm-hmm. and your goals need to be the ones that are being paid attention to, and not necessarily the goal of the of the financial advisor, financial investor. Yep. It needs to match up with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And now repeat the question for me about the four hundred one k and the IRA. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, what is the difference between a four hundred one k and an IRA? Okay. So your 401k, uh, some people may have something different. They might have a 403b uh, if they're, you know, a teacher or um, they, they could, or if they work for maybe a hospital system, they may not have uh, a 401k, but they might have some other form of employer-sponsored retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And that 401k really is just a name for a profit-sharing plan. And but 401k became popular because 401k allowed the employee to make contributions, right. whereas profit sharing was just employer contributions. And there are lots of different ways to structure those. Sometimes they allow you to receive a match, and sometimes that's a really good match. Some employers don't match anything at all. Um, I've seen employers that match up to like 10%, but wow. yeah, just crazy yeah. amounts where if you put in a certain amount, they'll they'll match, mm-hmm. you know. Um, They'll, they'll match up to a certain percentage of your income. And that's phenomenal because it really helps you to save. So it's important to understand your benefit that you have at work. And then if you can afford it, it's a really good idea to make sure you're putting in at least enough to get the match. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a good thing to do. And then if you are trying to figure out if you can put away more, then mm-hmm. you can usually, there's someone who provides education for your plan or who's there every now and then, definitely set an appointment with them or call a financial advisor. I'm happy to answer answer questions if people have them, um, and we'll run through my phone number and my email address at the end <laughs> yes, of the show if will. I can remember my my phone number <laughs> this time. But uh, 401k is an employer plan. Okay. An IRA, there are different kinds of IRAs, but basically the IRA is the individual, right? So if you okay. think about the I and IRA standing for individual, that means it's a retirement account that you're opening for yourself. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. And um, the the big difference is that there is that one is one that you opened yourself and one is one that you got through your employer. And uh, the ones that are you're opening yourself, you have smaller limits as far as what you can put in. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes okay. And then because they're accounts, they can really they can you can own lots of different things in them. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people will ask questions like what is your IRA paying or what can I expect to earn on mm-hmm. an IRA? Mm-hmm. That's that question is not worded properly because an IRA is just an account type. Right. And you can have lots of things in that. Yeah. And so if you were to go and open an IRA at the bank, you'd be susceptible or you'd be stuck with whatever they're paying at the yeah. bank, and yeah. which we know is horrible. Um, or <laughs> if you were opening it in an, you know, an investment IRA, you could own stocks, bonds, mutual funds, lots of different things inside of an IRA. And some people even own, you know, deeds to real estate inside of their IRA. Okay. So there's lots yeah, of stuff you lots. can own inside of an IRA. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was like the perfect breakdown. That makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. basically the 401k is shared. Mm-hmm. So multiple people are in it. Well, or it's just multiple different things. in. You it. have your own account uh-huh. in the 401k uh, with the 401k plan, mm-hmm. but the employer's providing it to all the employees. Okay. And there are lots of regulations around the way those have to be provided. So if they're provided to one, it's got to be provided to another and they, they have to have the same parameters that are applied to everyone across the board. Got it. Okay. And then the IRA is just one that you're going in wherever that might be and mm-hmm. opening it up yourself. Yep. 
Welcome back this Friday morning to the last segment of our show today, where we are having fun with finances, literally. We have laughed a lot, but we've also answered some really great questions. Thank you to all of you on Facebook who have thrown some questions out there for our listeners who may be on vinyldraftradio.com who don't have that option. They may have found something there themselves that they were also interested in. So I love it when people ask, take that step and ask some questions because typically somebody else listening also has the same questions. So thank you all so much for that. Um, if you've missed the first um, part of the show, we talked kind of about what is a financial advisor? What does that mean? Because again, it's a very broad term, how to interview a financial advisor and know what you are looking for when you are starting to talk to somebody. So we're about to talk a little bit about as we end up here, um, taking money out of 401k or rolling over from an existing account, like a teacher retirement, something like that. But Erica had something else that she wanted to touch on about 401k and IRA. So I'm giving the floor to you. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, we'll talk about them together in the same conversation, or we'll talk about doing it like an IRA rollover. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when you leave an employer, you have the option to either take that money that's in the 401k to the new employer, if they allow you to roll money in um, to their own plan, or if they have a plan you can roll it in mm-hmm. or you can roll it to an IRA. And the reason that you do the rollover is to avoid, you know, any negative tax consequences. Right. So most of the time the money that's in your 401k is money that re- the IRS has not collected revenue off of. Right. I've got to right. give the caveat I'm not a tax advisor. So this <laughs> is not tax advice. Um, so many legal disclosures. Um, but the the money that is in 401k usually is pre-tax money meaning that mm-hmm. revenue's never been collected by the IRS. Right. So if you take custody of it, meaning if you if you were to take um, hold of that money, you might have to pay income taxes on the total amount you take out. Like right. I had a, a client one time that took $140,000 on accident, didn't realize she'd taken custody of it, um, and you didn't call me until after the fact, and, you know, gets a tax bill in the mail for, you know, the IRS is like, well, you had $140,000 in income last year when she actually, you know, earned 50, right. and oh she should gosh. not have been in that much higher tax bracket. Yeah. So if it's done correctly, then it's what they call custodian to custodian, meaning it goes from the 401k directly to an IRA or directly to another 401k. The other thing is some of the money that you have in 401k, especially since like 2012 is when they became really popular, some money in 401k can be in what they call Roth 401k. Okay. And if you're not familiar with Roth 401k, it's like Roth IRA, where instead of being pre-tax money, where you haven't paid taxes on that, it's after-tax money mm-hmm. that you you have paid taxes on, right. and then when you retire, it comes out tax-free. You want to make sure that whatever you're rolling is going to like-titled accounts. Okay. So if you've got an employer that has Roth 401k and you've been putting money there, that portion you'd roll to Roth IRA, the other portion you'd roll to a traditional IRA. Okay. And so the the key is that you can move money over to those. If you've got lots of old 401ks, you can consolidate those into one IRA account, you know, for the sake of keeping things organized. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that. There are lots of other things, other benefits to doing that or to rolling to one employer. Got it. And so I just wanted to. Yeah. To Is it, touch now, on that. do you know if you're leaving an employer where you have the 401k in place and you, you're thinking about rolling it over, is there a time frame that you're kind of limited to or is it something you need to do pretty quickly or does it really not matter? It really doesn't matter. I mean, I, I know people that have had money in 401ks for employers they left years ago, mm-hmm. but um, the if the, some employers will have a provision written into the plan where if you have under a certain amount, then they'll do what's called a force out, mm-hmm. where if you leave and you don't roll over um, into a, an IRA or to a new 401k fast enough, they'll just cut you a check 
okay um automatically and so it's important yeah. to know you that could be you know <laughs> yeah because if they cut yeah if they cut you a check i can see where you might have to pay taxes on that yeah. if you're kind of how you said you're taking um what was the word you used taking that control custody, custody yeah. of it then yeah. it's technically becomes income yeah taxable income at that point yeah so some okay. plans that have that force out provision for under a certain level that'll yeah. happen yeah. yeah okay so i think we kind of you kind of touched on it just like a little bit within your answer but talking about if someone has you know a lot of debt and they're wanting to uh, like roll over an account or pull money out mm -hmm. of an IRA or a 401k or something like that. And then I know you're not a tax advisor, so just another caveat yeah. there. But so what would be the benefit of that? And what would be some of the things they need to really make sure they're asking before yeah. they take that step? So one of the things is if you've got an IRA, you can't borrow from it. Okay. You can um, take a a premature distribution if you're you know under 59 and a half mm -hmm. you can't borrow from that and so if you take a premature distribution you're going to be you know possibly subject to income taxes and then a 10 percent penalty okay so it's really important to keep that in mind so if you're looking at paying taxes on on that depending on your income tax bracket that could be a lot in taxes right. a lot more than what you're paying right. in interest on your outside yeah. debt if you have the money in a 401k, and this is one of the benefits of rolling to new 401k plans as well, having everything consolidated there instead, is that you can take a plan loan. And for plans, they, they'll let you take out, you know, up to, it's like up to $50,000. Um, it's a it's a little off, but we'll, for the sake of round numbers, right. we'll say 50 right. grand. And um, you can do that. You're going to pay interest back, but you're going to pay that interest to yourself. But here's the problem with doing that, is that you pay taxes on that money twice meaning right you're mm -hmm. you're gonna end up paying um and, and i've got to back up here if you've got money in the plan and you've you're repaying your loan mm -hmm. the money that you're using to repay your loan is after tax dollars right okay, okay. the money you initially had in the plan being pre-tax dollars mm -hmm. if you're putting after tax dollars back in the IRS doesn't care where that money came from. Right. You borrowed against your plan. Right. Then when you take the money out in retirement, there's nothing that earmarks, hey, this is after-tax right. money. It's still all considered pre-tax money. You pay taxes on it again when it comes out. Got it. So a lot of people don't yeah. realize that that can be double taxed mm -hmm. if they're taking a loan from their 401k. There is a time to do it when people have really, really um, significant debt. Uh, but what I always recommend they do is to have savings before they do it. Otherwise, they're just going to end up with a 401k plan loan and more debt right. outside. Because if you yeah. don't have savings, your success rate in paying that off is very, very low. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to have cash set aside in savings before you start paying off that debt. If you don't, and I've, I always give the we're running really long time. <laughs> I always give the example, if you've got, let's say you've got four credit cards mm -hmm. and you're making payments on all four of them and um, you get a uh, an offer in the mail for a 0% credit card mm -hmm. and you transfer over, you pay off this one um, using that 0% credit card and you don't have any savings right. and your air conditioner breaks yeah. and you've got to pay for it, what's going to happen? Yeah. You're, you're going to put money yeah, back on that credit on card, yeah. right? Or yes. you're going to, take out a different kind of loan to pay mm -hmm. for that. So you're not doing yourself any favors. If you don't have savings set aside and you use your 401k loan to pay off those credit cards and something comes up, an emergency, then you're just gonna end up with credit card debt and a 401k loan. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah, so I think maybe one of the lessons there and something that you could do working with your financial advisor is, you know, what does your savings look like and what are your spending habits before you start working on getting, you know, those yep. debts 
yeah for you know really going after that people that work with me they'll tell you that the you know the, the first thing that I make them do is set a savings goal and we set mm-hmm. a savings goal and we just make minimum payments on the credit cards which seems counterintuitive but that's the best way to do it before they start really working on whittling down credit card debt yeah that to me may actually make I know it does sound counterintuitive but it does make sense that you kind of have this you know all of this built up so like if something does happen you're not going to the credit card you have the savings already set aside so you can do that Mm -hmm. and still meet your savings plan and begin to pay off your debt without having to go into your debt again yeah people who are stuck in the like the debt cycle I Mm -hmm. think of it like a waterfall holding you down and you get up just enough to like catch air and then you're down under it again (laughs) and that happens because people don't have savings yeah yeah that's awesome information and I can't believe we are literally down to the last minute I can't believe so (laughs) this is it's actually a pretty good segue into you've given a lot of great information for people so how can they get in touch with you if what you have been saying and how you run your um your uh, business is resonating Mm -hmm. with them how can they get in touch with you so let me give my phone number first because it's in my brain right now and if I don't (laughs) I'll lose it it's 832-915-0575 and then my email address, if you email just info at respirewealth.com, that's R-E-S-P-I-R-E wealth.com, then I'll pick up that mailbox. And then also you can just visit the website, www.respirewealth.com, if you want to um, check out the blog or you know subscribe to the newsletter or whatever it may be. Yep. So now you have all the information you need to reach out to a financial advisor, whether it be Erica or whether it be somebody else, but you know the questions to ask um, to set yourself up for success with your finances and working with someone who is a professional in that field. So Erica, thank you for coming back. I wish we had more time, but I will see you next month and we'll dig down into another awesome topic on fun with finance. Thank you thank so you. much. It was fun today. It was. <laughs>